So, I just want to bring to you um, something which, as soon as Paul asked, I generally, in the next sort of few days, get God placed something on my heart. Uh, and uh, he, 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 he placed something on my heart which very much follows the, the years theme that we've been going through. Uh, those of you which have been in family church for this this year, uh, we've been doing the theme of running your best lap yet. And I love the analogy of, of having that running race. Um, so I, I just want to kind of just start off just recapping one that you will have heard now several times if you've heard this, but it's, it's important for setting that scene. Uh, therefore, this is Hebrews 12:1. therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of the faith. So this race that we are running is that journey following the only one Jesus who has finished it perfectly. But the thing about a race is, just at the start of every race, you have all the crowds cheering you on. You are prepared. You have the energy. You've done your warm-up. You're at the blocks. You're you're waiting. You've got your sights set on making that good start. And then at the end, when you see the finish line just in sight, that is all you focus on. Nothing else, you just see the the finish line. And the crowds are cheering you on to get past that that finish line. But what I want to speak about is, but what happens in the middle? What happens in the middle of a race? And this this is generally, uh, generally if you look at sort of the Olympics and, and you see those long distance races and they go around the track sort of several hundred times, it feels like. Uh, after that first initial amount of cheering going on from the crowds, that slowly dies down a little bit. And even now on the Olympics, they're, they're running other events in the middle, just as those long-distance races are still carrying on. Uh, and, and it's very much like life sometimes. We go through times in the middle. We, we've, we've met with Jesus. We've had all this, wow, Jesus I know who you are. Every, uh, you are the way. You are everything. And you run with energy. You start that race. But then just a few little t- sort of circuits down, you are in the middle, uh, which I'm sure many of us are in the middle. And that energy, you are about to hit the wall. That energy feels like it's almost gone. Pain is coming in. The crowds are starting to sort of cheer a bit less. Uh, but it's, it's funny, just one little point. You'll, you'll always have those people closest to you still cheering you on. The rest of the crowds might not be, but those closest to you will always cheer you on. Like good wives. There we go. There you go. I had to get in some brownie points. Um, just a good wife. Um, so how do we operate in the middle? 
I thought it was quite interesting that God gave me this word. We're pretty much at the middle of this year. So if we're running our best lap yet, we are now straight slap bang into the middle. Uh, and we've got to now sort of run, as, as Paul has mentioned in some of the, the, the other messages, we've got to run with that perseverance. Uh, and that, that holds true, and I'm going to sort of just touch a little bit on that. But um, we've got to work out how to run in the middle and keep it going. And also, I just want to ask you this question, which is going to sound a bit, bit obvious, but I'm going to ask you this anyway. Why is it important to make sure we get it right in the middle? I, I, haven't, I haven't put... I'm, this is terrible. I didn't put the scriptures on the laptop, even though it's my responsibility, so I put my hands up for this. You'll have to follow with me because this is also quite fresh message as well. Um, I, I want to go just to Matthew 7, uh, 13 and 14. And it says, and it's one that we've, many of us will have heard, enter through the narrow gates, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Now, they are Jesus' words. If there's any reason why we've got to be good, uh, or sort of the importance about the middle, it is those words there. Because if we're not acting correctly in the middle, we might not get to the right end. I, I love from the, the, the Hebrew scripture, scripture that about that running the race. But here, this is Jesus' words in Matthew. He's telling us that it isn't an easy path to take. I, I, the, the, the beauty with family church is we, we don't try and hide the trials that we may have ahead of us. But we do know who the answer is. I also think uh, the reason it's important about worrying about the middle is I do think that we might be, or we're certainly closer to that final bend before the final sprint to that finish line uh, than we've ever been before. Uh, one of the reasons I know this is going into Matthew 24, 12 to 13. It says this, uh, and he's talk, this is Jesus talking about the end of the days. And he says, because lawlessness will multiply. The love of many will grow cold. But it's the one who endures to the end that will be saved. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, also, just in Romans 13, actually, 11 to 14, it says, And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up, because our salvation is nearer now than it was when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. 
let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in caressing and drunkenness, nor in sexual immorality and debauchery, nor in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. That does not seem like the easiest of races to me. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in a time that the world is flooding us with fear. Energy prices, general cost of living, brutal wars, rage. Uh, Weekly we hear of nations, leaders messing up. And that's probably the good points actually from the news to be honest. I try not to watch too much news because, uh, yeah, you want to end it all uh, at the end of uh, some of those broadcasts. But am I telling you to give up? Good, good. (laughs) No, I'm not giving, I'm not saying to give up. I am giving this so we can then find the answers that will obliterate all that fear. As a Christian, as a believer in Christ, we have this, as it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Who is love? Jesus is love. Jesus, fully God, came down as a man and faced pain and trials, yet remained perfect and finished the race. He took our sin upon himself on the cross. He rose again and broke the power of sin over us. He sent the Spirit to live in us as believers to comfort and guide us. And he said that the church was a body of his believers. And he said that the gates of hell would never, ever prevail against his church. Now that is an extremely short gospel message just there in those, those few lines. But that is, that is so, so important for us to return to as believers to get that reassurance of knowing the one that we have that faith and the one that we have hope in. And to understand that faith and that hope, we then understand the love that he loves us so much that he was willing to do that for us. So now I'm going to get really real in this message. I'll I'll start it properly. What have we been asked to do? What is our purpose? Now each one of us will have a slightly different purpose because God has a will for you and a purpose for you. So we have different different journeys that we have, have to go in life. But he's asked us all 
to share the gospel and make disciples across the entire world. Not individually, not personally. I don't even want to take on the whole weight of uh, the whole world. But individually, as the church, to spread the gospel, share that good news. Why? Because if we're holding on to the faith, the hope, and the love, then the world out there can no longer just take all the fear that it's being given. They need to hear the faith, the hope, and the love also. And we're also asked to walk that narrow path to an eternity of glory. So we need to assess our whole life. So I'm just going to pop into Romans 8, uh, 5. It says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. And then going across into Colossians 3.1, it says, So if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on what? On things above and not earthly things. So why am I saying, saying these things? Because what I have to do in my life, what we all have to do in our lives, is take our mind outside of the two hours of church on Sunday and bring Jesus into that 166 hours remaining of the week. So that means our work time, our relationships, our education time, our, even our, our, our fun social times, what have we got to do? got to set our mind on things above and bring Jesus into each one of those situations. What's that look like in, in principle? In principle, that means in your work, God doesn't want you to be operating in an earthly business. He wants you to bring a kingdom principle into an earthly business to make it a kingdom business, the way that God wants it operated. And that can, be, that can look slightly different to, to where you are in that, that company. Um, but nonetheless, what you want to do is there will be times in this, in, this, in this world where you're asked to do something a little bit, a little bit dodgy. Or you have an opportunity, that, but you need to lie to get there. There may be all kinds of different things. That, that rat race that many people sort of live in, uh, to, in, in in the world of business to go up and up and up and up to get more and more and more and more and they'll do anything to clamber over those people to, to get there. Is that kingdom business? Is that what Jesus would want? In your family time, God wants you to have family time. 
God also wants you to work as well, and that's in the scriptures also. So don't try and, uh, don't try and say Dan said not to work. Um, in your family time, okay, set your mind on things above. Bring Jesus into your family. There are times when you can talk to your family, you can, you can read the Bible together. There are times where there is pain in that family and you've got to comfort those members of your family. You've got to think, what would Jesus do in this situation? Every moment, every waking step, you're thinking, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Even though Jesus said that it was a narrow path and he said there would be difficulties and it was an easier way to destruction. Did he leave us with that? Not only as we've mentioned that he left his spirit to live within us and that is something which I still find mind-blowing when I think about it. That Jesus sent his spirit to live in us, to guide us. Jesus said My yoke is easy. That's Matthew 11, 28 to 30. He said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So as we go through the middle, we are going to have trials. It's going to feel tough, but Jesus has never said that he would just leave us to deal with that. As we go through those, uh, and this is where I kind of speak from experience, as you, you go through those times where you could, you've got the option of doing something that you know isn't correct, but you want to get to a different, uh, that, that position, you just say, hold on a tick, just wait. I can't do that. That's the wrong thing to do. Jesus I believe I've got to be there, but I don't want to do it the wrong way. And then you listen. And I am almost shocked, which is silly, almost shocked that when you pray, you get an answer. Uh, And things open up, doors open, wrong doors close. And you find that the path, uh, your steps are ordered by God. And you get to where you want the correct way or get to where God wants you the correct way rather than taking uh, the wrong paths. Okay, there was, within that that race, we've talked about perseverance, we've talked about uh, focus before. And sometimes we do look and you could be sat there today and you could be thinking, I really feel, though, parts of my life aren't on track. They are going in the wrong direction. Uh, And I think, well, how do I get myself back on track? One of the, there's there's several things I want to kind of just, just bring into this. The first one is just 
repentance, if you know that you're off track, one of the key biggest things with any part of your life, just bring it before God and say, Jesus, I lay this down before you. Forgive me for what I have done and help me repent from it and turn the other way and show me the right way to go. That is the biggest and simplest thing to do. But I'm going to just also bring in something else as well. Uh, just over probably, uh, probably since the start of lockdown, to be honest, uh, one of the, the big things which uh, we, were, we had been talking about is unity. That came up as quite a big theme. Um, but I had several visions um, and, and images of, of unity. Uh, one which I shared with the, the church some time back now. Um, but it is this, this image of a, a sort of a what-if scenario with Peter when he's been called out of the boat uh, and he walks across water. And then when his focus is taken off of Jesus, he starts to sink. And it's Jesus that then helps him, helps him up. There's loads of sort of analogies that you can use, you should sort of just get from that. But what if, what if Peter didn't take his eyes off of Jesus and he went running towards Jesus, running across the water, because he had his eyes fixed on Jesus. But also, that would be quite, that would be amazing in itself, but actually that's quite selfish. What happens if Peter had shouted, as he's looking forward, he shouted, come on guys, just keep your eyes focused on Jesus and you'll get to him. And all the other disciples jump out of the boat, and they are running too. And each one of them going, just keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Come on, just keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. That is, for me, such an image of unity in the church. We are, as we've said, one body. And we are, we are a family, and families help each other. And what, well, one part to, to having the message on Sundays is encouraging each other. Encouraging one another, going, keep fixed on Jesus. Keep running towards him. You can do it. He is there to help you. And just with the, the real story, just as, Jesus, uh, just as uh, Peter was, was sinking, Jesus sort of helped him, helped him out. So even if you feel like you're sinking you know that you can be helped out and put back. My other, my other kind of vision that, that I had, uh, and I, I think I shared it, I did share it on one of the online broadcasts, um, and that's the vision of candles. And I, I remember just sort of seeing a candle burning, and then another candle burning, and then another and another and another. And there's a funny thing which happens with candles as you bring candles closer together. I didn't have 40 candles on a cake, but I'm sure it would have been a, uh, it would have set off some alarms. As you bring the candles together, they, they glow brighter and they burn hotter. I think you might think, Why? As you bring them closer, it brings more heat together and it draws more air in and then it burns those candles even brighter and even hotter. I loved that thought that each one of us 
could be candles being the light of Christ shining in the world. And when we come together, when we operate together, united, that one flame is way, way bigger than even the, the sum of the individual parts. So the body of Christ, the church, can help support itself. We are here for each other uh, over just thinking about ourselves. Just returning briefly when Jesus said about his yoke being easy. The other thing to do is just making sure that we are in the, in the word. And we read about Jesus' life. We read about his examples because he says, learn from me. He says, I've done it. I've been through trials. I've gone through testing times. I was sent here by God to do that, to show you, to be your way. As we've been singing about it, you are the way. Get to know Jesus more. Read his, his life. Read the parables which he shared. Read his journey, his walk with others. And use it as an example for our own lives. How we walk with others and support others. How we face those trials and testing times. And then lastly... I've just put on my list to get us back on track and keep us on track. Pray. Again, something that we can easily forget about, but we just do not understand what is happening in the spiritual realms outside of what our physical senses can see just by coming to God and asking for God to move in situations. I have seen God move so many times just in a prayer. And one of the most encouraging times actually was one of the potentially smallest of events which happened. Uh, I remember having a prayer prayer evening with church and it was really strange all I could I, I couldn't say any words physically but in my mind all which was happening was I love you Lord I love you Lord and the words just kept going over and over and over and I didn't say anything for that prayer evening but I came home and I went to, my, went to, to our shelf, and we've, we've got a couple of different Bibles, and I picked out a Bible, I just flung the Bible open, and it was in Psalms, and it said, I love the Lord, and he has heard my voice. That's all I had to read, and yet that made such an impact to know that I've been praying how much I loved the Lord. And prayer is two-way. And he just said, I've heard your voice. And he is hearing your voice too. 
So there's quite a lot there. It makes it sound sort of like life is difficult. And I, like I've said, there will be trials. But we can get through those trials, one, together, two, bringing them to Jesus and following his examples, and three, just praying. And if we get it wrong, just say, Lord, I'm sorry, put me back. And that is how we operate in the middle. The one thing with life is that we never really know when the middle is actually going to come to an end. We all have days numbered. Uh, and uh, we can't always see those last few days. So let's just try and run like we can always see that finish line. And let us encourage one another to do the same. I just want to pray for you all, just this, this time. Jesus, I thank you that while there may be trials and testing, you haven't left us alone. And you are there with open arms to take the burden from us. Lord, there is always a way and always a way in you that we can go through whatever life throws at us, whatever the enemy throws at us. You have already conquered it. And we can trust in you to get us through it. Jesus, you are the way. Father, if there's anyone here who doesn't feel like they are on the right track and they want to get back on, they want to get in line, Father, I just pray that you just guide them through your spirit. Lord, forgive us when we do make the wrong decisions, when we do go the wrong way. We are not perfect. But we know someone who is and someone who can help us. So forgive us, Lord, when we slip up. Help us back up. Help us, Father, to encourage one another to keep running this race. And just like that image of all those candles, Lord, we want to burn bright in this world. As this world gets darker uh, and there is more lawlessness and there's a wickedness in the world that you said that there would be. That there will be a strength, that there will be a peace, that there will be a light so bright coming from you, Father, from your people, from your church, the body of Christ, Lord that it will light any area that we place our feet, that we will be able to change darkness into light, as darkness has no authority against the light. Father, we just pray over our communities. We pray over our neighbors, Lord, and those closest to us, Father, that we may spread your gospel, your hope, your faith, your love to those people around us.
that we will bring hope into this world, that we will bring light into this world, and that we will bring your love into this world. Father, I pray for all those people who aren't here today. Father, I pray that they've had a great time in Big Church Day Out. I pray for any illnesses that anyone might be, might, might be having. I pray over that. Uh, and I pray over anyone who is struggling in the faith at the moment. I pray for miraculous uh, awakening in their, in their spirit, Lord, that you will fill them with your love. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much.